Brandon, welcome back to the Missoula Podcast. How are you, man? I'm well. Good. Good How are to you? See, I'm good. It's good. good to see you in studio. Yeah. Can you believe we're like two, three weeks from back to school? No. I was with the family this last weekend, and I am just, I saw the, the back to school, school supply stuff, and it was just like, it hurt a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, our Montana summers, our Missoula summers are so fast. Yeah, and then then it just gets busy all of a sudden. You're trying to like enjoy the last vestiges of summer, and you're buying school clothes and supplies and meeting teachers, and it's like, how does this happen? And football games are starting. High school football in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Practices in session. Still a um, good time. College good. football though, yes. right around the corner. Uh, yes, it's a it's a wonderful but, time to be in Missoula, but it is incredibly busy. I don't. Can I say this? Maybe make me make me a bad dad. Um, it's always kind of nice when they go back to school. There's a part of it that's nice. Can I, I say that? I have no idea what you're talking about. I love my kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally get it. Um, I think it isn't so much the, the parenting your kid. It's just routine, consistent. Like, you know what to expect. You can yeah. manage expectations. So, no, it. Um, my youngest, Harper, just in the last week said she can't wait for school. She's excited for school. And I said, I said why? Like, no, no. And she goes, because of my friends and yeah. uh, so the social piece. So, um, but yeah, here we are. School's coming up. Um, yeah. So. And, and we want to thank the listener for joining us again. We've just had some incredible podcasts highlighting some people in the community. And we got another good one today. Justin Ovenel. Justin Ovenel is amazing, but I want to echo what you just said. You know, we're four or five, just a handful of episodes here on the, this new journey in Missoula podcast. And I am so grateful for the engagement, the encouragement, um, so much positive. Like we're hearing so many great things from people in our community and the relationships we've met. Um, mm -hmm. Just even with Justin, after this conversation, just visiting with him, just the proximity of connections and families. Yeah. And it's just an amazing community. And I'm just honored that we have this platform to get to know our community better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you guys will really like this episode today. If you've ever been on your journey and have had some turns and twists in it and maybe some failures justin's story is going to speak into that he um well you'll see here in just a second but he never gave up kept pushing and he's making a huge impact in the business world here in missoula and on top of that he's just a great guy great guy very very happy very positive but his perseverance um after he faced failure after failure is just super encouraging so yeah uh, i have nothing else welcome to the show Justin Obanel, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Steve. Oh, man, it's good to have you in studio. Uh, to our listeners out there, welcome to the Missoula Podcast. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, man. Uh, Justin, yeah, you got a cool story, and we're excited to dive into it and hear about your journey. Uh, let's start here. Tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from, a little bit about your upbringing, uh, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so starting out, uh, I was born in Wenatchee, Washington, Central Washington. Only lived there for three years, so that was a short period of time. And then uh, my folks moved us up to Ennis, Montana. Um, so I was there from early childhood through middle school. And then we moved up to Churchill, Montana, just outside of Bozeman. Uh, so I ended up going to Manhattan Christian from seventh grade through the rest of my high school career. Played some basketball for the Eagles, played some football for the Manhattan Tigers. Um, there you go. Yeah. Good, man. And, and I should start our podcast by saying uh, Justin is now in Missoula. He is the owner of a tech company. Would you say tech company or tech, yeah. Tech, yeah. tech company called Technologic? 
entrepreneur. Um, Which it, I guess, go ahead. One of the coolest logos. I'm a logo marketing branding guy. And <laughs> the logo with the light bulb and like the wrench, like bringing the two worlds together is amazing. I loved it. But well done. I don't know if you designed that or. I did not. I hired out for it. it. Was they did a great job. Well done. Great logo. But I you approved it. it. I did. I love yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, then well, tell us about that. So growing up in Manhattan, when you were a kid, did you have visions of I'm going to be an entrepreneur when I grow up or was it, I don't know what the heck I'm doing with my life. Uh, when were the first instances where you're like, okay, yeah, I think I want to run my own business. Yeah. Yeah. So actually that started at a really young age. Um, so we grew up in Ennis, we grew up on a golf course on the second, mm-hmm. just off the second tee box. And so, uh, that Ennis course, they didn't really groom the out of bounds very well. So folks lost a lot of golf balls <laughs> off the side. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, we kind of made the most of that. My brother, sister and I, I would hire them. They were really young. I mean, I was probably 10 years old at this time and we would go around and collect these golf balls that golfers had lost. We'd clean them up, throw them in little egg cartons. And then I would go down to the, the, uh, kind of entrance before the golf course. And I would nice. sell lemonade and golf balls for, I think about $2.50 a dozen. So, so you were hustling at an early, early age. Yeah, yeah. 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 Trying to. Yeah. I just, I enjoyed the business side of it. And, um, uh, if you ask my parents, I was like, when I was a kid, I was just always hauling around a calculator or like a notepad, just doing calculations and, and, uh, trying to figure things out. I don't know. I just always liked. Did you have a pocket protector? I did not. <laughs> sure. I did not. I've never okay. had one. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising. Nick, let's get him one. Branded <laughs> a little podcast pocket protector. So when did you realize you were nerdy? That's, that's the next oh, question. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, that was apparent at a pretty young age when I was in elementary school, you know, uh, late nineties, there, there just weren't a lot of computers out there yet. Uh, the few computers that were in the school were there was like one per classroom. And the only way you ever got on as a kid to be on the computer was if you did these accelerated reader tests. <laughs> and so I was reading fiend when I was uh, in third grade. I think I read like 80 books just so I could take these tests. so I could be on the computer. That was like the end game. Um, but uh, you know, a good, uh, good thing for me to be doing, just educating myself and reading. And I still love to read to this day. So that kind of got the interest going with the computer stuff. And then, um, can I interrupt there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love hearing that. What, uh, I was gonna ask you, what are you currently reading? But that's too vague. What three favorite books all time, three favorite books of all time. Uh, I I like Steinbeck's East of Eden. That was one of my favorite ones. Um, more recently I've read, uh, I will teach you to be rich. The guy's name is Ramit, uh, Sethi, I think. Okay. Um, so kind of an, have an interest in personal finance stuff awesome. too. So right. just as a side thing, but, uh, let's see what would be the last one. <sighs> I really like John Bogle stuff. I'm kind of a Bogle head too, when it comes to investing. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Some deep books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. talking to the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Sorry. Continue yeah. story. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're graduate from Manhattan Christian go Eagles. Um, the, where does your journey take you from there? Um, does it lead you to Missoula or, or fill us in on some of the gaps that they got you to where you're at now? Yeah. Well, when I was looking at colleges you know, I looked at some of the usual suspects, uh, Montana state was right in my backyard. <laughs> We're going to get into this for a second. So I, uh, Montana state. So my dad, uh, drug me to games as a kid. He didn't drag me. He persuaded me with snacks and like peanuts and stuff. And we were in the stands. The cats were terrible as you Grizz fans know for a very long time. I think 16 straight losses at one point. Um, we have so, no comeback right now, though, unfortunately. Yeah, we're, yeah. Uh, we're just, okay. We're beaten yeah, down yeah, right now. Yeah. Well, you guys still have a hefty lead in the overall uh, <laughs> yes. matchup. So, yeah, you can ride on that for a while. Um, anyways, so 
yeah, those were fond memories growing up. And so I yeah, got brainwashed as a kid. That's why I'm still a cat fan. But uh love being in Missoula. Um, you know, and and I, I love going to the it, it's it's actually more fun to go to the Cat Grizz games in Missoula. Um, because I think the stadium here is better. So just well, Steve and I have talked a lot about Grizz Cat games. You had it wrong there. Um <laughs> Grizz Cat game. Uh in Bozeman, how hostile it is. Like it is not we feel like it's hostile and I've heard cat fans say it's hostile to them here. I think we're nice. I think we know we're the older brother. We've got the cloud of all those wins and we're, we're just kind to Bobcat fans, but for some reason like, we go over there and it Justin, is. Justin, have you ever had a Grizz fan spit on you? No, I, I've had uh, coins thrown at me though. Coins? In the North end zone. That's, okay. I, I always end up in the North end zone. That's at, a bad spot. Grizz, and it's yeah. just a bad choice. But Steven, have you had but... cat fans spit on you? Yeah, I've had spit and beer poured on my head. Yeah. I was in the student section at the cat uh, game, so that was a bad spot uh, to be. Uh, well, on behalf of Cat Nation, I do apologize oh, okay. for, the, well, for the poor treatment. And I'm sorry for the coins. I'm sorry. We, we, <laughs> we, got, we got out of the way. We're, so you were looking at colleges, and, and where, which one did you finally land on? Yeah, I looked at a few. Uh, I had a, a buddy growing up that had gone to Azusa Pacific University in Southern California. And so um, I, I thought, hey, why not California? I've never been before. I was 18 years old. So I went down on a trip with my dad, uh, first time to the state. Fell in love with the, the weather, the sure. uh, the beach. I mean, there was a lot to like. And so I was there for four years, got my bachelor's degree in uh, business administration with the side of econ. Um, so that, yeah, that was my, that was my four years in California, 2010 to 2014. Uh, during my senior year, I had a pretty formational experience. I did a study abroad program in Ecuador. Uh, and so I was there as a student for three and a half months. And then I enjoyed that so much and enjoyed the culture there so much that I ended up uh, my first job out of college was actually with that study abroad program back mm. in Quito. So mm. uh, I got to live and work there for a year right after college, which is just an awesome experience that I look back on fondly. Yeah. What was what was some of the main impactful things that living abroad in a country that doesn't speak the same language as you gave you? What what would you take away from that? Yeah, I think it just I think it just broadens your worldview. It's just like you know what you grew up with in a small town is not everything and even living in los angeles was a way different that was a big cultural experience moving there for four years sure. uh, and it was just another step i think in just understanding people better i hope and being empathetic uh so i, I think those were some of my main takeaways and then just i mean higher education is important to me so i got to kind of mesh the culture that i love to be in with mm -hmm. um you know a program that i believed in as well yeah do you still remember any spanish what was your go-to words <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember much. I'm I'm pretty rusty. It is it is funny because I was when I was in high school, I was the guy that was like uh, you know failing Spanish courses and cheating on tests and stuff like left and right. And then just the irony of me living in a Spanish speaking country was not lost on me when I was there. So I I did learn a little bit. That's amazing. Okay, so you you get done with that program, and I and I believe this is the big change when you decide to come to the greatest city in the world, right, Missoula, Montana. What brought you here? What were your first thoughts? And how was that transition? Yeah. Uh, so I guess what led led up to that is I had, I had come back from Ecuador, back to Bozeman, worked a job for three months. I was working mm. night shift. It was a bad fit. Uh, my buddy, Nate Christoffels lived over here and he kind of said, you know, we've got a, we've got a place, with a couple guys, we've got a little bit of room if you want to move over and try it out. I was kind of going through what I would call a quarter life crisis, I guess, just not knowing what I wanted to do. And, um, like I had mentioned, my worldview is kind of shaken up at that point. I'm a young guy. And um, so I was like, hey, yeah, I think I need a new start and a new place. Um, 
I always liked Missoula. Always, you know, we would drive through it a lot, but I hadn't spent a ton of time here. And um, yeah, in 2015, that summer, moved in uh, with those guys and got connected with a, a cool group of guys, including you, Steve. Um, and yeah, just immediately fell in love. I think the like the differences between Bozeman and Missoula even now, and I think the gap is kind of growing still. Missoula is just down to earth. Uh, people are genuinely themselves, I think, and everybody's cool with that. Um, it's obvious, like if you're an outdoor person, it's obviously a great place to be fishing, camping, hiking, all that stuff. So I, I love all that. Um, I love college football. So whether I'm cheering for the Grizz or not, it's just a great environment to be in and, and to have a, a town so behind a football team. Yeah. It's awesome too. So yeah. I love all that stuff. I find that really interesting. Like I think about my life and probably yours too, Stephen, like in our twenties, you think, you know, everything, you have it all <laughs> figured out. Like, it's just, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I am. And then for me, when I was in my thirties, late thirties, I realized how much I don't know and how wrong I was about so much. And then, you know, just turned 40 this last year and I'm perfectly content not knowing everything, like just how much you don't care, just the different seasons of life. And so I can relate to you, Justin, at that 25 year old of just like, here's who I am. I've got all the answers. This is what's going to happen. And then things just don't go as planned. So I totally get it. And uh, Steven, I know you well enough that very similar. Like, like <laughs> That is life. No, that, I, I tell young people that often. It's like your 20s are such a discovery time. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you like. You don't, you think you know a lot, but you don't. And, and so try a bunch and meet a bunch of friends and, and try to get your life in order um, for those 30s and 40s. And, and it seems like you have. Um, Justin, I'm really interested in what you tried to start when you came to Missoula. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? You're smiling right now. So, yeah, yeah. I was, I was 24 years old and really green and, and, uh, optimistic about my abilities as, <laughs> as a, a business owner and, and a startup owner. So, uh, I did, I filed, which you have to be, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah, 2015, get my LLC started, you know, file with the state, do all that big boy stuff. And, um, I started technology as a computer repair company. So basically I was, uh, you know, taking people's broken laptops or desktops, working on them, returning them to them. And, and, uh, these were all like one-time jobs in most cases. I had a little bit of repeat business, but not a lot. And so I, um, well, I quickly found myself in financial trouble because I just wasn't really making ends meet <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, and so the, I had to go, I had to do something to supplement my income. And so I ended up, uh, you know, while I'm trying to get technology going and, and just failing miserably and having a really hard time with it, I end up, uh, taking on a part-time job, making like nine bucks an hour at the My Place Hotel out in North Reserve. Uh, so I was working front desk, doing customer service stuff, and it was the last place I expected to be. And um, but I I kind of enjoyed it. I was working the the afternoon to evening shift, four to twelve, and um, it, it taught me a lot, and it really humbled me. I think uh, to be in that position. And there's nothing wrong with jobs like that, but it, it was just it was a period I had to go through to learn about myself, to check myself mm -hmm. uh, with with launching this business and, and just realizing, hey, you know, everything you try to do is not going to be successful. And that's actually OK. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was a big takeaway for me. <laughs> was your spirit crushed during that time where you're like, I had all these. I mean, I remember the T-shirts. I remember the logos. Yeah. You were working with one of our friends. You were trying to get this thing going and it just wouldn't get off the ground. Were you crushed or were you like, well, 
I guess I'll try again another time. I like where were you, what were, where was your head at at that point? Yeah, I think I think there was a fair amount of discouragement in that season. You know, um, I, I just didn't know what the direction was going to be. I, I thought I had a vision for what I wanted my life to be, and it wasn't going the way that I expected. And so, there, yeah, there was definitely disappointment and frustration, and um, maybe like a little bit of resentment. It's like this is something I'm good at. Like, why is this not working? Yeah. Um, but you know that that wasn't the end of the story. And, and, uh, so, so I'm glad for that. So continuing that, the hotel story, just a bizarre set of circumstances. I'm, like I said, working front desk at the hotel part-time four months in the general manager at the hotel gets in hot water because he's, uh, I don't know, they just didn't, didn't like what he was doing. Uh, wasn't posting the numbers they wanted and occupancy was down and stuff. And so they fired him. And as they're looking for a new general manager, the regional manager, I, I'd sort of, rub shoulders with her name's Vicky. She was just an incredible mentor of mine. Um, and she believed in me as a 24 year old kid and said, don't you have a business degree? She's like, why don't you try to run the hotel? And I said, you gotta be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to boss all these people around? I don't think that's a good idea. You're younger than all of them. I, absolutely. You don't yeah. know anything about hotels. No, no, I don't know the first thing. Yeah. And so, so I'm in over my head again. Uh, but this time it's a good thing. You know, there's a pay bump and, and, uh, my career just totally, you know, goes in the opposite direction of what I was trying to do. I'm trying to do IT and I end up managing a hotel instead. A, a blessing, but also what the heck and is going on? Two different on. skill sets. I mean, yeah, hospitality absolutely. versus tech. Like, yeah. There's no overlap. I mean, there's, right. there's very little. There's customer service and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I ended up doing that for 18 months. And uh, my wife, Jocelyn, and I ended up moving to Portland, Oregon uh, from 2017 to 2019 so she could pursue a a master's degree. So kind of got uprooted from that hotel job and just kind of left it cold Turkey. Uh, we get to Portland. I start looking for jobs. I'm driving Uber Lyft, just trying to hustle, make a buck and uh, provide for my brand new bride, <laughs> which is pretty terrifying. So gosh, there's like a theme here. It's just like getting thrown into the deep end and like not knowing what's going on. Um, yeah. So I end up doing that for a couple months. I end up landing a job with a, an IT managed service provider out of San Francisco. Um, and this is actually when I really, uh, pick up a lot of the it skills that I have now. And also at the same time, caught the vision for a business, um, a business setup that actually made financial sense. You know, mm -hmm. MSPs are more built. It's not like one-time fixes. And then the customer's out the door there. This is recurring revenue. You build relationships with these businesses. Right. And so I'm watching this unfold for this business that I work for. And I'm just working at the help desk at the time, but. Um, I could see, Hey, this is, this is a business model that works and I'm going to put this in my back pocket. Cause I think I need to revisit this. You're not sitting around waiting for the phone to ring for your clients to find you. You're, you're finding the clients, you're building the relationships and you're like, okay. Oh, you started to get a glimpse. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so during that time while I'm working for them, I was, I was with them for two and a half years and, uh, it was a good time to just, you know, I'm talking to the same people over and over again, the different clients on the phone and, and there's that rapport built. And I, and I kind of realized, Hey, this, this is great. Business model works. I'm learning how to build trust with people, build a relationship with people. And I, you know, I fast forward today that, that, that has served me well. Um, and I'm thankful for that for sure. What, what I find so interesting, Justin, and people listening to you and Brandon would probably never guess this. You're a, an introvert very quiet, not real comfortable in big groups. <clears throat> and as I look over your story, as you're telling it, you're consistently thrown into these positions where you have to 
come outside of yourself and be hospitable and talk on the phone. And I mean, what, what was that like? Was that, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's always been a, a place where I've had to reach outside of my comfort zone. Um, rewinding to my childhood quickly. Um, our landline would ring at the house and I, I would never pick up the phone because I was so introverted and so scared to talk to people. <laughs> and now you fast forward and, and that, that MSP job, I'm picking up the phone 30 times a day. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny how that, you know, the tide kind of shifted there. And, um, I ended, I had to grow, you know, and had to push myself and, um, and, and that's good. And through this journey and Brandon, you jump in anytime you want. Are there mentors that you're looking up to? Are there specific books that you're reading? Um, is this vision? Are you, are you just kind of riding the wave? You don't know, really know where this life is leading. You're just going with it. Was, was there some impactful things that happened along when you were in Portland? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we, my wife and I grew really close during that time in Portland just because we didn't have any family or friends around at all. We just kind of moved there pretty cold turkey. And so we really had to lean into each other through that. And, uh, to my, I mean, to my wife's credit, she's always been my biggest cheerleader, um, has always been so supportive of anything I've tried to do. Um, she believes me. So that's always been really helpful, but yeah, I think every job I've had, there's been a couple people at each one that have, uh, you know, either helped me grow in my, my technical career, uh, understanding it better. Um, and then I've had some good managers too, along the way that have poured into me and believed in me. And, uh, I think those things have helped set me up. Yeah. A few minutes ago, you're talking about working at the hotel and the regional manager, uh, Vicky, I think was her name. Mm-hmm. Like your whole demeanor kind of changed a little bit. Just saying how awesome Vicky was. What was it about her leadership? And like, what'd you learn from Vicky? I, she really just didn't look down on me because I was young and that was really impactful. And, um, she just kind of, she, she believed in me. Like I hadn't had somebody believe in me before and, and for her to be at a, a regional manager level in a position of, of some power, um, mm-hmm. and to work with me and talk to me and, and be open to my ideas. And, uh, yeah, we just had some really good conversations and it never felt like she was above me in any way. It was always this, uh, it was very personal and, um, and I think it helped me kind of come out of my shell a little bit. And I think I, I have, and I do have ideas in the back of my head because I'm quiet or I don't always share them sometimes. Yeah. And she encouraged me to bring some of those things out and, and, uh, try things. And, and try, I imagine try and that, fail. that change inside of you has impacted you beyond the hotel where you are today is because of her investment in you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So as you're managing people now, do you find yourself being more like Vicky and, and taking the role of, yeah, I'm going to listen to some ideas. I'm, I'm going to ask for your input and I'm not going to look down on you because I, I you think you got some younger people on your team or at least you had at some point as have you modeled your management style after Vicky. I'm trying to do that. Yeah. I, yeah. I think of her often when I, when I am managing folks and you know, right now I've only got one, one guy on my team, but uh, it's got to start there. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm learning a lot and I, I definitely fight, perfectionist tendencies sometimes. And so to let somebody else into a business and help them, uh, contribute and kind of find their own way through it too, is a challenge. And I'm, I'm learning. So yeah, that, that just never stops. So, yeah. Okay. So let's, let's come back to Missoula. You're in Portland. I, I know this, but I assume that your wife graduates college, she gets her master's and you guys are coming back to Missoula, her home. Uh, what did you do when you got here? 
And was it, yeah. What, what was it like coming back? Yeah. We moved back in May of 2019 and that was a good time to leave Portland. Yeah. <laughs> well done. It just turned out that way. Wow. Yeah. It was, that was fortunate. Uh, yeah. So May, 2019, we come back to Missoula and I end up kind of finishing out with that MSP that I was with for two and a half years. So still working remotely. And then I end up getting a job, uh, at the laboratory down in Hamilton. Um, so started working there doing it for them and with them. And that was, yeah, I was with them for 18 months. So yeah, after we'd gotten back to Missoula, kind of got plugged back in here. Uh, Jocelyn got a job being a speech language pathologist that she's still doing and loving right now. Um, and then we were talking about more fortunate time. We were able to find a house, uh, in at the end of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the timing couldn't have been better with that. Um, uh, and yeah, we love, we live great neighborhood and, um, great to put down some roots yeah. in, in a city that we both love a lot. Yeah. So when, what, what was the moment where you decided to leave the lab down in Hamilton and strike out on your own? How did you get the courage to do it again? And what were some of the decision factors that led to that? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess maybe if it's okay. I'll, I'll talk about the lab a little bit because that was actually mm -hmm. the timing of that was pretty impeccable too. Um, while I was at the lab, a lot of the work because of COVID had gone remote. And because of that, uh, I was able to be at home more and stuff. During that same time, my dad got sick. Um, and so, and he was over in Bozeman area still. And that job actually, the flexibility of it enabled me to spend a lot of really precious time with him over the course of his last few months. Um, and so that was, that was just a huge huge thing. And, and I, I wouldn't have been able to do it if I was doing what I'm doing now, really, or if I was doing my previous job. And so even the timing of that, as I look back is, um, pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways, so in 2021, still working at the lab and, uh, I started to kind of connect with some local businesses. And while I'm working this other job, I'm, I'm realizing, Hey, this, I still have been bit by this entrepreneurial bug. And it's not going away. The feeling that I can do something and do it well is not going away. And so uh, I picked up a client or two kind of on the side doing managed IT services for them every month and kind of just managing their IT infrastructure from the inside out, being there for support calls, things like that. Um, and so in August of that year, 2021, um, had a conversation with my wife and I, and I said, you know, I can't keep managing these two things. I can't keep doing the full-time job and trying to start my own thing. And so once again, she kind of pushed me out of the nest and said, you, you can do this. And so I did. So I, I quit the job in Hamilton, started doing technologic full time. And I, you know, haven't really looked back since almost two years uh, to the day that I've been doing it full time. And just crazy to see the, the growth and the, the success that I just absolutely did not find the first time around. But I had learned so much. And if I hadn't had those other experiences, the hotel, the working for the MSP, even working at the lab, I wouldn't have had the footing that I had, you know, in 2021 to restart things. And I call it technologic 2.0. It was kind of the rebirth <laughs> of my company. So. That's awesome. Tell, what does your company do? Like break down for us, like specifically for, you know, the term technology is very vague and all around us. Um, yeah. yeah. What, what do you do? What's your area of specialty? Yeah. So it, it is a MSP or managed uh, service provider for it. And so basically if you're a small business with, you know, whatever, 10 employees, uh, you probably don't have an IT person that's full-time on staff in all likelihood. And so you would hire Technologic to take over all of your IT stuff. So 
that's everything from email to if you have a server to your workstations and laptops, keeping those patched, secure firewalls, wireless internet within your office, all that stuff is, those are all things that we manage and we secure. And, and would you say that's your ideal client, a business of 10 or fewer employees? Um, or anyone. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, anyone. I, I, right now I've got, I mean, my biggest client has about 45 employees. So okay. going up to that and I've got some clients that are a handful of employees and, oh. and I'm great. And you focus on business or do you do individual tech support? I'm kind of trying to get away from the residential stuff just because that was actually, that was sort of what I was doing yeah. the first time. And uh, it's not to say that it isn't a good business model. It just didn't work for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so I, I'm definitely, you know, gravitating more towards businesses and, and building those long-term relationships with them. Awesome. Yeah. So there's, I've met a lot of people that are working their nine to five job or in the corporate ladder, similar to you. And they have these ideas or these desires to make this jump and be their own boss. And, but there's this fear and the uncertainty of what it will look like. Like, is there anything that you could speak into their lives or maybe you're like, no, just stay. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, but, but yeah, what, what, what would be some of the advice you'd give people that wanted to make that leap? Yeah. Uh, well, I'd recommend a book first, getting back to books. I would probably have them read the E-Myth Revisited, a really good book uh, that I found useful. And not to scare people off, but it, it isn't like business isn't for everybody. And at one point I thought it really wasn't for me. Uh, there's a lot to it and there's a lot of uh, trial and error. Um, I think I've said failure a lot. That's just a huge part of it. Like you, you try stuff and it usually doesn't work. Hmm. So you refine it, you, you relaunch it, you try it again. Uh, you, you iterate constantly trying to kind of hone your product and what you're doing. Um, so I, I think just uh, being able to kind of be like a duck and letting the water off your back, those failures off your back and just say, Hey, that was yesterday. Today, I'm going to, I'm going to try again. I'm going to do better. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to let those failures that I had yesterday, or the day before impact what I'm doing today, because um, I, I'm getting better. And I, I think one thing that's been helpful to me over these last two years, especially is, is just looking back, like look back a quarter, where was I at? What did I know? Um, what did my business and sales look like? Uh, you know, thankfully, there's, there's been growth. And so it's, encouraging to look back on that and mm -hmm. say, look, that's where I was at. This is where I'm at now. Things are going well. I'm learning. I'm not giving up. And, and there's... you're getting some momentum. Yeah. 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 Um, and then another question that along those lines, what, what are some of the joys and struggles of doing business in Missoula? Like specifically in this town, have you found it um, to be easier, harder? Um, speak into that a little bit, if you would, Justin. Yeah. Well, I, I think, <clears throat> One thing that makes it a challenging place to break into is um, it's such a tight knit community. And so a lot of times businesses already have a longstanding relationship with a, with another provider or another IT person. And so those can be tough situations to walk into and say, hey, you know, I think I can help you better than what you're currently getting, <laughs> you know, because a lot of times people have been working for the same person or people for five to 10 years. And those relationships in Missoula are really strong. That's a great thing once you get in with somebody because you continue to build that trust and um, people and businesses in Missoula really look out for each other. I mean, I've had some excellent referrals from my existing clients that have connected me with other businesses, nonprofits in town. And that's the, that's the plus side of it. You know, that's, that's where uh, the word of mouth comes in and that has helped my business grow tremendously. And so I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I think the biggest question or, topic that hasn't come up yet that probably should have been front and center is 
uh, you and your wife are expecting your first child. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. That, that is awesome. Uh, this September, I believe. Yeah. September so 19th. Close. Yeah. Um, so cool. So excited for you guys. Um, do we know yet? Boy, girl, are you going public with that? Is little it, girl. Little I mean, girl. We've got a name too. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, that's our producer's cell phone in the background ringing. Uh, it's not, it's Steven. Oh, it's Steven's phone. Really? Wow. Whoops. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's really cool. Congratulations um, for you and your wife. And I'm assuming your daughter will be raised a Grizz fan. <laughs> I mean, what's going to happen there? You have a house divided. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, if my in-laws had anything to say about it, she would be a Grizz fan. Yeah. So well, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a battle, you know. It's be a real battle. That's awesome. That's awesome. How, how are you feeling? Are you ready to be a dad? Is there some some fear involved, some joy, all of the emotions? Yeah, I, I think I'm ready for it. Uh, you were I, you were you were a dad at like 20. Yeah, I was. Like... I was making dad jokes at 20 for sure. So <laughs> I, I've awesome. been gearing up for about a decade. Yeah. And just I'd imagine. Uh, you have heard from other friends or people like when they found out that you guys are having a baby, you would hear the, Oh, your life's about to change and all those mm -hmm. comments. And Steve and I are both dads, both firstborn was a daughter. Um, yeah, your life's about to change, but I don't know why it always has almost like a negative connotation to it. Like your, your life's about to change for the better, the better. It's yeah. amazing. And having a daughter is one of the coolest things ever. So, uh, congratulations. Really yeah, excited for thank you. That's you. awesome. So, uh, Justin, if some of our listeners want to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way for them to to get a hold of you and uh, and find your company or or find your Instagram? Can you give us some of you know, some of the ways they can do that? Sure, yeah. Uh, the website is www.technologic.com, and I'll spell that for you: T E C H N E L L O G I C dot com. Uh, you can also email me at Justin at Technologic .com. Uh, and then our business line is 406-241-6995 if you want to call in too. That's Look them up on Instagram. Check out that logo. I just started <laughs> following them. Uh, great account. Um, I am looking at it right now. I follow them. Steven follows them. Ben Wyman follows them. So yeah, we got you should people. probably do the same. Uh, last question uh, before we get you out of here, Justin. Is there, can you tell the people just, you know, and we know you do IT and, and servicing small businesses. Is there anything that you guys like specialize in that's your niche or that you do so well um, that you want to just let the people know, Hey, this is, this is our, this is our honey hole. This is what we love. This is what I'm about. This is what I'm passionate about. Is there anything like that with your business? Yeah, I would say the sweet spot for me and, and one that I'm personally passionate about too, is some of the great nonprofits here in Missoula. We've been able to partner with a couple of them and they're just really good relationships, really quality people. And they're making a tangible difference in the community. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. If you're a nonprofit Missoula, hit us up. Uh, we'd love to help you out with your IT stuff. That's awesome. Justin, you're the real deal, man. We loved having you on. You're such a humble and integrous guy. I love you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Brandon, for having Justin. me. Yeah.